I guess today is an, is an extra special uh, sort of uh, welcome to everybody who, who's joining us as this today marks the 150th MediaWorks Masterclass. I couldn't believe it when I actually saw that uh, earlier today when I was re reviewing the notes that we put together. I think it's like a really crazy moment to reflect back on and think about three years ago, like just over three years ago, we started this idea around a, a podcast and a masterclass. And since then, we've like achieved some sort of amazing numbers. And, you know, we were in the top 20% of podcasts uh, that were more shared globally in 2022. And 96% of our listeners discovered us in 2022. So I think it's still showing the, the relevancy and, and, and the value that's being driven. So like, he is still 150 more, dare I say it. Do you know what I mean? Like it feels it feels like a quite committal, but I guess I, you know, it has been brilliant. So uh, thanks for everybody who continues to listen and contribute to the masterclasses and the various guises over that period. And I say we look forward uh, to you joining us for many more as we go forward. Today then, um, the title of the, the session is Unleashing the Power of Google Attribution. So Mastering Attribution in 2023 and Beyond. I think for me, it's like it's like we'll start with a couple of introductions, and then we'll talk about why we're, we're we're keen on this topic. So my name is David Norris. I'm the Group Operations Director here at MediaWorks, but I'll be uh, hosting the masterclass today. Um, Rachel, come to you next. Hi everyone. My name's Rachel. I'm head of data and insights at MediaWorks. So it kind of falls right in my remit around how we how you can use this in your report and effectively. Yeah. I agree. I couldn't think of anyone better to, to throw all of our questions at around attribution live on it, Rachel. So that's exciting. Kate, to you next, please. Hi, yes, I'm Kate. I'm a paid station shopping consultant, so managing a lot of Google campaigns on a day-to-day -day basis. So attribution's been sort of a key point and a focus of what we've been doing over the last year. So yeah, excited to talk about it. Cool. And then last but not least, Tom. Hi everyone, so I'm Tom Chandler, so I'm the head of paid search and shopping at MediaWix, so uh, very involved with kind of Google and attribution and working alongside Kate. Fantastic, so uh, thanks for the introduction guys, and like, I, I like I'll always say at this stage as well, if anybody's got any questions as we go through, then just do put them into the Q&A section, um, and what I'll do is I'll try and keep on top of those and feed those in as and where appropriate. I think, like, just as an overview, I think in today's sort of digital masterclass, our performance marketing experts um, will take a deep dive into the world of Google attribution and its significant impact on digital marketing. We'll discover and have a bit of a conversation around Google attribution and how it's become quite indispensable as a tool for advertisers to measure the effectiveness of their channels, campaigns, and creatives. And our experts will discuss the advanced capabilities of Google's latest data-driven attribution model. We'll refer to that as DDA, by the way, just to keep that abbreviation in there. And it's powerful benefits uh, for bidding in Google and cross-channel attribution reporting. But I guess like, the place to start for me is always always broad on this. So like Kate and Tom, I'm going to come to you guys first on like, how does sort of the measurability of digital marketing campaigns contribute to the success of an organization and what are the key benefits it provides in terms of performance evaluation, ROI, decision-making, optimization, accountability, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah, there are two sort of main things that I want to cover first. So really that like accurately measuring part, but also like the decision-making that we have to make off the back of that. So um, really we do want to choose the most accurate attribution model um, that's based sort of 
on real world and real time data. This allows us to get like a much better picture and an accurate picture of how our marketing efforts are actually impacting um, conversions and revenue. So when running campaigns, we do need to measure and optimize towards the data that we are like attributing within the Google platform. So that's why that is so important um, that it's accurate. And um, it doesn't like only help like our decision making from like a manual point of view, but also the way that the platform learns. So we want the data that comes through to be accurate so that the um, the learnings that Google are taken from that and um, sort of the learnings that AI will use are accurate um, and that will obviously optimise the campaign. So that really makes the measurability really, really important. Um, with that, it also allows us to accurately monitor like campaign performance. Um, we can identify what channels are performing best, what campaigns are performing best. Um, and it really allows us to optimize our market and spend. So we know where we're putting the budget is actually what's performing um, the best. And we can sort of allocate our resources way more efficiently um, with that accuracy. Yeah, I think I think like to come in on that, I think like it's it's a really it's a really important point, isn't it? It's like like I think something we see quite a lot is people optimising based on like inaccurate data. Do you know what I mean? And I think like for me, that's one of the big risks. And it's one of the things I've definitely seen over like a 15 year period is that move away from sort of, I'm not going to dare say, by the way, and open the debate around marketing as an art versus science. But I would say is we have got more and more scientific over the years. I think like with, you know, whether we can debate again the ethics around data collection and all those sorts of things, I'm sure we'll go into that a bit later on. But the reality is we can now sort of attribute more accurately, more effectively, and therefore make, I think, more informed decisions. I think the the sort of view I've got on that. Yeah, I think just to like add to that, David, where that I suppose like links to it is like the transparency when it comes to the the attribution piece. Um I think if I look back over the last say few years or so on, um being able to understand those various different touch points that a user has um when they're making a purchase or whether they're making an inquiry, whatever the conversion goal is, is really important because, as you say, it influences that decision-making process, but also linked in with that, it it allows for accountability. And what I mean by that is if you look at it from a marketing channel level, if we're able to clearly see which touch points, where the, the value has been driven and potentially where the value hasn't been driven, that enables us to um better weight our performance planning, better ultimately make decisions. So I think that like the transparency of that data, but also like the accountability that it it, it creates uh, across like marketing channels is also a big thing. And as well linked in with that to like maybe take it up even in higher is like that accountability, but also collaboration within businesses when you've got different marketing teams and departments that if we, what we're always looking for with attribution is a single source of truth, really. If we run different channels, different marketing campaigns, we want to be able to understand um, specifically where the, where the value has been driven and therefore do more of that and where the potential challenges are. We optimize that and we refine that. And I think that across an organization, having that single source of truth and that clear measurability of, of performance is so important for scalable growth because if you don't do that, what it means is that your media spend is not going to be as efficient as it, as it could be. Yeah, I think like to come in on that, Tom, I think it's like it's a really important point because like really we're talking about like what what in my mind we're talking about here is it's like 
within channel, do you know what I mean? Particularly, do you know what I mean? Like having that clear understanding of like the attribution modeling that we're using um, versus others and making sure that where we'll, you know, evaluate one campaign against another campaign that we're using the same, the same model. I think like one of the things that I see organizations struggle with quite a lot though is one, I would agree with that, that consistency within channel, i.e. are we measuring everything equally, do you know what I mean? And against like a predetermined set of metrics in which we can evaluate but then I would just like to bring Rachel in on this in the sense that like opening that up, attribution becomes a real challenge, doesn't it, when you start actually looking at other channels as well. Do you know what I mean? In terms of like if you're deciding where to put your budget, and I know we'll talk about funnels and I know we'll talk about cookies and all the rest of it and the different challenges between the different channels. But it's like that's where it becomes, I think, very difficult for a modern day SOAR marketing manager, chief marketing officer is about how do you align like performance in one channel with another? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's really interesting because like you kind of touched on some of the key challenges that marketers have faced, but it's around privacy. It's around the loss of third party cookies. It basically means that attribution reporting um has become trickier but also is more critical because everyone needs to make sure their budget's working effectively um and we also need to be able to evaluate all channels because like you say it's like okay well where's best to put my invest my money moving forward and when every platform has their own um individual attribution models that like for like comparison becomes really hard and then we had a world of you um Google Analytics where it was Universal Analytics where everything was based on last click and that in terms of a, a normal customer journey just absolutely does not go with what we know to be someone's decision making and therefore like any awareness activity was always penalised and therefore ends up maybe becoming one of the first channels to be cut or budgets to be reduced because of not having something to accurately allow you to measure that impact so I suppose one of the great things is the new introduction of sort of Google Analytics 4 and that deadline's approaching really fast and everyone will be migrating over to it is that um, they actually have a form of um, so, well basically their default attribution model now is going to be a data driven model and you've got a look back window so very similar and very familiar to what we've seen in the likes of sort of and paid platforms like Facebook and Google. So you actually now have the ability to compare all of your marketing channels with a data-driven attribution model, which is something marketers haven't really been able to see before. So I think that's quite a, a big change in that how you take attribution into your wider marketing. I think also what's really important to think about is that to utilize this effectively, and we touched on it at the very start, is making sure you've got the right data because it's one thing having the tool to do this but if your data isn't right you are going to be making incorrect decisions so I think it's really important that you need to to take advantage of the this new tool and the fact that you can use data-driven attribution across all channels you really need to make sure you've got a plan to migrate your data and also to like effectively um have that data cleansed effectively so that you can start analyze that performance. And then I think one of the last things on this is just maybe like thinking about the difference, because I think when we talk about attribution, a few different terminologies get thrown around time and time again, which is like attribution as, as a sort of report 
or then something that gets referred to as NNM, which is like the media mix modeling. And like I know recently um, Facebook released a tool that allows you to do this media mix modeling like almost quite easily and at pace. Um, And the idea there is that a media um, mix modeling is more about just the actual conversion, whereas when we touched on attribution in the first sort of part of this conversation, we talked all about that customer journey. And I think that's really important. Like the two methods of analysis are really different because attribution takes into account your whole customer journey and not just the endpoint. So I think also as we go further on, just there is a lot in this attribution world and understanding how you attribute um, impact to conversions. But it's probably just important to know there's very clear differences and like actually media mixed modeling almost feeds attribution rather than something that are two standalone products when you when you think about your wider marketing activity. Yeah, I think the 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 principle of like understanding the data that you've got like is like imperative for any sort of marketer out there now. I think like you know we see it quite often don't we still to be honest like where people are making decisions based on hunch and feelings etc. And I think for us like what I'd say is we can move past that. We have moved past that as an industry. You know, when I think about sort of some of the sort of developments and achievements that we've seen, like for me, it starts to get sort of really exciting when we're talking about, you know, you mentioned Google Analytics 4 there. I think like that that in itself, you know, we know it's uh, Universal Analytics has been sunsetted. Like if you haven't switched over to Google Analytics 4, please, please, like a plea here, regardless of whether you work with us or not, is please do it because the implications of not doing it are going to be quite significant and severe to your organisation, I would suggest. So please do make sure you're on top of that. But I think, like like you say, it's almost like the platforms are now leading us to that that sort of you know um, cross channel data driven model, which will allow us to look at like the impact of one thing on another um, and where it sits within a funnel. And I think that to me starts to get really exciting. And I think that leads us nicely on to sort of the the data driven attribution angle from Google. And I think like we were really keen to talk about this today because I know it's something we've been using for a while now in MediaWorks. We've rolled this out, we've trialed this, we've been talking to Google about this for a long time. It feels like Tom, Jeremy and Kate. And I think like um I'd like you to start with explaining the role that sort of DDA or data driven attribution uh, has had and some of the recent attribution updates that we've seen within Google. So Tom, do you want to come in on that first? Yeah, so just to, um, I suppose, set the scene in terms of what we're talking about, um, like DDA, data-driven attribution. So this is um, one of the the six attribution models that Google has within the the platform that we can measure performance against. So data-driven attribution is um, the most advanced, most sophisticated, and it's the one that all advertisers should be using um, and, and want to be using. The kind of the, the, to maybe take a step back and highlight the journey that we've been on is that data-driven attribution um, was something that up until 2021 was only available for large advertisers. So I'm pretty sure that the threshold was around like yet to have say more than 10,000 clicks and more than um, say a thousand conversions. Which if you start to like work that backwards, you realise that you have to be spending quite a, quite a, a lot in terms of media spend on a monthly basis. Um, to be eligible for data-driven attribution. So what that meant was that advertisers that therefore didn't reach this threshold had to use um, 
the, the more rule-based attribution models, which are like last click, first click, linear, time decay, and position-based. Now, those attribution, attribution models are good because some of them um, are full funnel in the sense that you track all of the touch points uh, across the, um, the kind of user journey. But they're simply um, they're rule based. They're not uh, they're not dynamic. They're not um, different for, for various different kind of purchase journeys. So as I say, from 2021, um, all advertisers were um, they were able to access data driven attribution, which was was really positive because again, we all the points that we've mentioned there about the improved measurability um, was great. The next evolution that we've seen, what we're seeing now, is that from those um, six. Um, attribution models that I mentioned that, that Google have, um, four of them are being discontinued. So, um, and, and that being first click, linear, time decay, and position based. So, again, if, if there are people listening that use one of those four attribution models, what you're going to see if you haven't seen already is Google's going to move you on to data driven attribution, whether you like it or not. So, um, the kind of two part to this um, the first part being is if you want to make sure that you're aware of this um, the other side being is that if you I suppose that the impact that therefore that has um, on a business and how that may like evolve the way that you're having to report because it, it's going to be data driven um, there's always the recommendation that we make to our clients because it's the most as it advanced but also the key thing is that it gives you the, the truest and the, the fullest view in terms of a purchase journey um, one of the, the in particular industries that I would call out that I think is going to be uh, more impacted by this, just based on experience and some of the research, is advertisers that are using, um, for example, first click is their attribution model. Um, to, to, to kind of explain the reason why is that we see a lot of B2B lead generation advertisers that will use first click as their um, kind of go-to attribution model because they deem that the first touch point has been the one that starts the journey and converts that. Again, if, if you're in that sector and space, um, that's going to change because it's now going to be um, data-driven attribution. The same thing for, for advertisers that were previously using position-based, where we had a 40-40 um, split, where 40% of the conversion value would go to the first touch point, 40 um, at the last, then you sort of um, spread 20% out in the middle. Again, that's going to change. And they are attribution models that I know a lot of advertisers have um, kind of used despite of, of data-driven attribution being available. So that's something to, to call out as, a, as an update that is um, not necessarily coming, but it has arrived and something that people need to be aware of. If you start, for example, seeing within your account the performance in terms of CPAs um, and conversion rates change because how your account is being uh, measured it, it is changing. In our view, would be for the better. But again, when um, working and, and making decisions within the account, that's something that, that's really important to, to consider. Um, equally within that, and why again data driven is the the solution that we would always put forward is the fact that over the years what it has done is it, it's it's connecting all of the dots within the um the google ads like ecosystem in terms of that it started with search as being being able to attribute that performance but then integrating things like youtube display and, and discovery are all really um benefits in terms of we can measure the performances as one marketing performance and um, conversations that i have frequently is when advertisers are maybe running um search obviously within google then they might have a display um sort of provider over there they might be running youtube over there and 
the, quite simply, there's no connection there really in terms of the, the attribution that's used. So that's really one of the, the, the key benefits of, as I say, data-driven attribution first and foremost, but also when you layer in the, the changes that are um, are coming, that are, as I say, that are, it's really important to kind of consider that. And then linked into kind of what... Um, can, I just, can I just come in on that, just as a question? Yeah. Like around, like, well, more of a statement, I guess, as, as much as a question is like, and I, and I wouldn't be able to get through talking about paid Jeremy media without talking about performance max. Do you mean, but performance max as, as well as driven us into this as well, hasn't it? In terms of that, when you're talking about, you know, cross channel attribution, et cetera, because in essence, when you want to run a performance max campaign, you want obviously the same attribution across, across all of the sort of assets and the inventory that we've got. So I think like that as well as being a, a significant change and turn in terms of the way sort of, DDAs come into play? Yeah, no, I mean, there would be no conceivable way to run your performance max campaigns on last click because you would forever see it like underperforming because performance max is a hybrid campaign type where you've got multiple channels, multiple inventory, and having data-driven attribution enables you to understand and measure the full impact of that full funnel activity. And I say, if we apply a first click or a last click model to that, you'll forever be reporting back saying, oh, the campaign's not working when that's not actually true. Yeah, you'd be like, we're not doing YouTube, we're not doing this. Yeah. Like, search is, search is the option here. I think it's like, I think it really is interesting, isn't it? And the, and the fact that like DDA is not like only used for reporting, do you know what I mean? But it does inform sort of, you know, I know you're going to talk about this, Tom, but the smart bidding approach and, and allows us to harness the AI that we see out there right now. Yeah, no, I mean, um, this would be something I'd be keen to like get Kate's thoughts on. Be obviously, being in the day-to-day and managing that decision-making process is that we've got like data-driven attribution, which is a core component of how we're measuring the account, but also why we're so keen to have that measurability, um, I suppose, on point and accurate is because the, the smart bidding technology that we're using is based on that data. So smart bidding is really advanced and, and, and fantastic. But again, if we had last click, attribution and, and plugged in smart bidding that still wouldn't work because as good as it is it's, it's using the wrong the wrong data source so as i say the two really have to work together you've got data driven attribution and then obviously the smart bidding component yeah i think it's really important especially since we've started running performance backs for a lot of sort of clients um having that sort of data driven approach is really really important and with that being able to set sort of the the value based bidding and the target ROASs that wouldn't be I wouldn't be able to make those informed decisions without having that data driven approach, um, and also sort of looking at a, a Google shopping point of view and then a cross network point of view, getting those learnings of where the performance is coming from. Is it coming from shopping the shopping channel within Performance Max or how is display performing? And having those sort of insights, again, we would, that wouldn't be possible without the data-driven attribution. And then we wouldn't be able to manage that from a profitability point of view if we didn't have the target for us to be able to layer on top of that. So it all kind of links together. I think I think you can you can miss a load of opportunity, can't you? When you think about like you just focus, and I know we've talked about this for as long as I've been here. Do you know what I mean? Media works is like if you focus purely on some of the other attribution models that are out there, for example, first click, last click, etc. You can miss that opportunity, and I think like where we've got to with with the likes of you know automation, with the likes of smart bidding, etc. Is it is about looking at the looking at things on a more holistic, rounded basis, appreciating that like you still want to put money in the bank, 
But I think it's that opportunity missed actually, rather than it being about how do you more efficiently pull the, the you know, to, to ring out the sponge, if you like, and bring it all in, in your bank account. It's about what's the opportunity that's out there that you might be missing out if you're not adopting these other approaches, I think is probably the narrative. Yeah, just to, to add to that one, and if, it might sound like a, a silly question that I get asked is when we kind of highlight sometimes to, to, to clients that they're not using data-driven attribution and everything's been measured on last click, and they'll say, well, what happens if like the, the revenue in my account shows like it's gone down? But actually, that's a that's a better scenario to be in because previously, if you were on last click, you could almost argue that the data is misleading, so therefore, the decisions you're making in the account are not correct. If you use data-driven attribution, it might show that the revenue is actually 10% lower than what you're actually reporting. And that might sound counterintuitive, but it, that is a positive because then you can make decisions that actually start to drive more um, true performance. Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a really good point. And I think like just to come in on that then and, and sort of lead on from that is around that we talked a bit about there, like we've talked a bit about opportunity really, do you know what I mean? An, an opportunity cost. But actually like, Okay, I'm going to come at you on this. Like, how can DDA help us uncover hidden opportunities that we might not see now? Yeah, um, so it's kind of looking at this from like a Google like platform point of view. Um, data-driven attribution has like uncovered really, um, opportunities or hidden opportunities really that maybe I wouldn't have looked at and most people wouldn't have sort of seen before. Um, the day, like DDA does kind of like address um, the limitations of like the more traditional attribution models where it does identify those maybe overlooked touch points that were sold previously um, and kind of considers all touch points and the entire customer journey. Um, again, revealing the value of each touch point, but also looking at interactions that may have been undervalued previously where we wouldn't have put budget into where that kind of um, reveals that that could be a profitable area to actually put budget into. Um, with this, it can also sort of analyze kind of the sequence and the timing of the touch points as well. So again, looking at that full customer journey, combinations of touch points um, and really see how we can increase the impact on um, conversions and really allowing us to explore those channels that maybe we didn't explore previous. We can really see, especially with the introduction of performance max, with it being sort of run across all of Google's inventory, we really have that um, insight now to uncover opportunities maybe untapped channels that we wouldn't have put budget into before now i don't want to say we're like we're forced to put budget into them but that is budget going into cross channels which we might not have done before we might have put all budget into shop and it's similar to what you said before david um like we do kind of have to look at that full strategy and really like test these areas which data driven attribution really helps us achieve that i think i think on this one though this is where we can like like, you know, I, I get it if you're a CFO in a business and you're, and you're sat there and, and you, you might not necessarily understand the full intricacies of attribution. So, you know, I always say it's like what you don't want to do is you don't want to spread bet. Do you know what I mean? Like the idea of spread betting, you'll go in and like pick on almost everything and then see what lands. So I think like CFOs have driven us as marketers you know, over a long period of time. We're not talking, you know, months. We're talking years, decades here is to sort of be, you know, we talked about, we were, Rachel talked about before, like attribution and, and understanding sort of what value is that driving. And actually this is where like the platform can help us as marketers almost like create that narrative that works about like, because the platform's in essence driving us to these models, but it's also driving us to test different areas that we might not, as you say, we might not have tested before. You know, you use the word and 
I'm not putting words in your mouth here, Kate, so I'll say it. But it's like forcing us to potentially invest in inventory that we might not have actually uh, invested in before because we, we, we might have sat there and go, well, structurally, that doesn't make sense and why would we do that? But I think it's about like using the data that's within the platform to help us search out for best performance. And I think that, for me, is where it can get quite interesting and exciting. Yeah, and I think it's like important for us um, to sort of have that data and be able to look at those touch points and see what is performing best to maybe go into channels that we might not have used previously, but also um, with the use of smart bidding alongside the data-driven attribution, that'll also help the actual Google platform to optimise touch points that either are underperforming or overperforming and then allowing sort of Google to push budget into again channels that we might not push but it, it adjusts sort of the bids and target and etc to make sure that all channels are profitable with the use of um sort of the smart bidding and the the target ROAS like alongside it so that's kind of what I've seen um sort of help me manage from a campaign management point of view um and that kind of I don't want to say allows Google to do a lot of the work, but it really does allow that automation to come into play. Um, and without that data-driven attribution, we wouldn't um, have that insight and Google wouldn't be able to adjust sort of bids accordingly and spend the budget most efficiently. Yeah, I think, Tom, were we even talking about this the other day, actually, about, about like manual bidding versus smart bidding and the conversation that used to be had on that and like people panicking about Google making decisions. But I think it's really important, isn't it? It's like... It's like we're not suggesting that, like, for a second here, that you just let like put money into Google, set some objectives, and away it goes. I think, like, not having that conversation, I think the conversation is 100% around like use the automation and use the machine learning that's available within platform to help you make the strategic decisions that work best for your organizations. And, like, we've seen it, haven't we? I mean, you know, Tom, we were talking, I think, when you started MediaWorks, like, used to sit there just in manual bids. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like five years ago, now the idea of manually adjusting bids would like, you know, Kate would laugh right off at the idea of doing that. Do you know what I mean? I know, I know. It's like, that. Like I think back five years ago, you would, almost the task you would have to do is that you would be going through like thousands and thousands of rows of, of data within Excel trying to find that um, that opportunity to increase bids on a certain location, certain audience, whatever it may be. And it meant that so much of your time was spent with your head down, really trying to like add incremental improvements. That type of activity is being taken away from us. And at the time, you're absolutely right, David. It was a bit like, well, what's what's this going to mean? But I kind of fast forward now. Um, Kate and I had a conversation yesterday for an hour, which was purely about the strategic pillars for one of our clients. It wasn't about I think you should increase the bid in Newcastle or I think like that device needs a 20 percent it wasn't like that 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 work's been utilized and now it's actually how are we going to drive growth for our clients through the strategies that we're deploying which is i mean to compare the two it's a much much more enjoyable that type of activity to be doing that now but i think the value add that the likes of kate can add to the clients that we're working with is just immeasurable to, to what it was five years ago yeah, I think I think the upside for an advertiser is massive, isn't it? In the sense that you you basically you're allowing for all that manual activity to be taken away, and actually what you get focused on is is what's going to drive the performance that you're ultimately going to have to report on uh, as a marketer within that business. You know, i.e., you know, metrics like conversions, um, 
no return on investment, et cetera, which then becomes an interesting conversation about like where do you spend your budget and how do you best utilize sort of the tools that you've got available. So I think that's like I say really, really interesting. Um I guess like given the updates then to DDA and attribution within Google Ads, like how can we build for for the future? Like this isn't this isn't a static thing. We know that this is like, you know, a moving feast, if you like, Tom. So just to come in on that is like where do you think this is going and what what should be people thinking about? Yeah, so I think what we are um, undoubtedly seeing is um, so with the observable data that we have within um, accounts, when we kind of factor in that we have an increase in terms of the user opt-out, what that means is that our analytical tracking capabilities are, for obvious reasons, going to be um, impacted by that. Uh, just a quick example of one of the things that, that you could check this to see the potential loss of performance data is a simple clicks versus session variance. So for example, you might see a thousand um, clicks within Google Ads or within GA, um, but then compare that to the sessions that are recorded for the channel might be significantly different. That again, highlights the potential. Um, well, it gives you an indication in terms of what that opt-out rate or what that potential impact is in terms of performance, uh, performance data. So um, in terms of what we can do about that, what we recommend for like solutions forward. So I think you'll have, you'll have heard like probably me or, or kind of various other kind of speakers at MediaWorks talk about the importance of first party data to um, really get around a lot of that, like conversion tracking, mainly through enhanced conversions um, within the, the Google Ads account is something that again can really improve the or prevent the, the loss of data that is captured or, or lost within an account, for example. Um, but equally within that, we have something like called consent mode, which is essentially conversion modeling, which in the scenario that we have a thousand clicks, um, 500 of them are consented, 500 of them are not. Through consent mode, what we're essentially doing in this scenario is we can conversion model um, on the 500 unconsented um, clicks that have happened so that we can start to um, apply a model in terms of a conversion rate to what the estimated volume of conversions was for that um, that sort of a portion of traffic that was unconsented. Again, going back to all the points we've mentioned here, what this enables us to do is within our like our campaigns and, and the, the accounts that we're running, it enables us to have much richer and, and higher volumes of data that inform the decision making process. If we don't do all of this thing, all of these things in terms of enhanced conversions and um, to prevent sort of the data loss, um, if we're not using first party data and we're not using consent mode, what we're gradually going to see is that the volume, quite simply, within accounts start to decrease, and therefore, um, the whole decision making process starts to become that bit that bit more challenging. So, I say those are the, the key things that. Really, I would say what the future looks like in terms of enhanced conversion setup and um, consent mode and really starting to leverage your first party data in terms of using that um, to, to leverage the, the campaigns that you're, you're using and, as I say, um, how you are strategizing um, the use of that. Yeah, I think, it's a, I think it's a really interesting point, that, isn't it, in terms of the, the wider initiative, Rachel, do you remain around like what we are seeing with you know, third party and, and uh, data, sort of cookies, et cetera, sort of sunsetting in a lot of areas and, and the the requirement, if you like, in this area in particular, in things like, you know, paid media, et cetera, to have that sort of information and be able to make decisions based on the best set of data that we've got as possible because, you know, we're all for being data first, aren't we? We talk about it all the time. So I think 
it does allow for that that moment where we've got to be thinking about this. I think absolutely. And I think you'll see this across a lot of marketing platforms moving forward. Like you, this sort of opting out of cookies, this lack of visibility is going to be a problem that we will have for, for the foreseeable future. Um, every platform is kind of offering like little increments that you can do. And it's all about these five, 10 percent. Like how can you try your best to get the best possible data that you can? So You'll see this a lot, and this isn't, you know, Tom gives some great examples there in terms of what Google Ads can do, but, you know, you see similar kind of requests with the Facebook conversions API and things like that. There's a lot, every platform's trying to offer the marketers that little or that 5 10% to really try and just put you in the best foot forward for your data because they know, we know that people need the, the best sort of data possible to make these decisions. Yeah, and I think we are, aren't we? You know, our questions came in, like, um, but I know we sort of answered that in your response there on like which which platforms in particular. But I think it's fair to say we're probably seeing these little rollouts and incremental sort of <laughs> approaches to enhancing sort of conversion and tracking and attribution across pretty much every platform out there. You know, like I'm thinking even, you know, our programmatic providers, et cetera, are all well down the track on this it's not something that they've sat on because frankly they've known that there's been a decay of sort of third party cookies over a period of time so we've all had plenty of warning on it and you know i'm even going back to where we started with this around sort of the ga4 principle and like even that as a mechanism as part of understanding and, and moving away from that versus sort of universal analytics as it was yeah absolutely even google analytics 4 they have conversion modeling and blended data where they will try to use like machine learning to mirror what your op, like your opt-out rate to try and sort of estimate what it thinks you would get. So you get like blended data there as well. So that again affects all channels. Like every platform is doing their bit to try and give you that little five, ten percent. It's you're never gonna have it. That's the you have to learn as marketers to now live in that world but it's how can you adopt some of these features to really try and push it forward. Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a really good point to finish on. I think I, I've got five summary points, and I always say this, but I have to test my own ability to read my own handwriting. It's disgraceful, honestly. It's shocking. So I've started to take five key takeaways as I was going through this. I think my first one would be sort of a bit of a no-brainer in measurability matters. So it allows, uh, allows for performance evaluation, decision-making, optimization, accountability, I thought was an interesting one around like making marketing more accountable. Ultimately, if we're able to measure, we're able to show the value, we're able to talk about performance using key metrics, I think that allows us to do it um, uh, and allows us to take sort of big strides forward, not just within marketing teams, but across the business as well and, and taking people on that journey culturally um, that, that we've seen. I think like attribution reporting is critical, but um, increasing demand for privacy is proving a real challenge. Like we talked about some of the challenges as we've gone through. I think like we talked about like Google Analytics 4 now operates with a default attribution model of cross-channel data-driven model, um, which I think is like a really big step um, and something that can't be overlooked. And I'm going to say it again, but like, please, please, please do get involved with Google Analytics for if you haven't that already, like please swat up on that because it is going to be a massive change and it is it's it's imminent now um, in terms of a matter of weeks rather than months. Um, data driven attribution, it, you know, 
uh, is becoming the default default reporting model. So it's not just search, but also across YouTube, display, discovery, etc. Like, and that does allow for the full impact of AI uh, across the platforms within Google, and that uh, therefore allows us to find different opportunities um, to take the information that's available out there and ultimately drive the performance that we've been looking for and, and discover. Um, those aspects. I think my fourth point was actually DDA helps us uh, uncover opportunities. So understanding the value at the various touch points throughout the customer journey has been massive. And I know when Kate's been mentioning that earlier, you've talked about like how much of a big shift forward that's actually been rather than sort of focusing on sort of squeezing out everything at the bottom of the funnel and focusing therefore on sort of last click or, you know, the example Tom gave in terms of first click in the, the sort of B2B sectors. But actually, this allows us to look at like relevance of different touch points across that full, full customer journey, which does present different opportunities, um, i.e. do we need to invest more in, for example, awareness and, and drive that um, attention right at the top? Or is it actually sort of that remarketing piece that we might need to focus in or anything in between? And then finally, like I think like the message from today would be embrace DDA to help sort of future-proof against things like transitioning away from third-party data. It does allow for richer data and ultimately the richer the data, the better decisions that we can make, the platforms can make, um, and you can then form make as an organization. So I think that's been like, really useful and i think i've taken like a number of notes away from that so thank you very much everybody for your contribution today as i say it's great to be involved in this as part of the 150th masterclass and, and what a fantastic one to deliver as part of that so thanks kate thanks rachel cheers tom for your time and um, yeah hopefully we'll see everybody next week on the next media works masterclass thanks everyone <laughs>